not represent the views of Radio Free Brooklyn, its staff, or management. Thank you for listening and have a dope day. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all God's blessed and highly favored people doing today? Fearfully and wonderfully made that we are blessed in Jesus' name, right? So, I trust that everyone had a wonderful week. And let me ask you, since we've begun this year, And, you know, we've been talking about being in alignment and doing everything the way God wants us to do. I want to ask a question. How has the Lord been dealing with you? Now, have you thought any more about 
what alignment looks like in your life, because it's different for everyone, right? Because God's hand on everyone is different. So when you think about yourself being in alignment, how does that look in your life? And once you've figured out what it looks like in your life, how have you started putting things in order so that you can prepare yourself for alignment? So now, I said we were going to continue with this as long as the Spirit had us to stay on this. And I'm thinking that he's going to let it go through the duration of this month because it is still the beginning of the year. So today's topic... Today's topic, the title is Obedience Will Keep You in the Flow. So can I tell you something? And before I go, before I start, anyone that missed the first two topics when we were talking about alignment, you can catch them on replays sometime during the week when Radio Free Brooklyn plays them or... You can find them on my Radio Free Brooklyn show page, What Would Kay Say? Or you can find them on Spotify, Apple, and all other podcast platforms. So can I tell you something? When God has spoken a word to you, know that he is there to protect that word in you. You might feel that all is lost and that there's no hope and you've tried everything that you can to survive and nothing is working. But for the grace of God. Because God is faithful with his word. And as he said, his word would not return to him void, meaning that his word is not good. He's not going to put a word on something and it's not going to happen. That's just, that's just the way he is. He's not a man that he should lie. If he says something, it's going to come to pass. It's just for us to wait for it. So today we're going to look at first Kings 17, eight to six. And as always, I'm reading from the new King James version, but I'm going to tell you something. When I read this one, usually I'll I read from the New King James Version, but then I always go back to the King James Version just to see what they said to make sure that it's, you know, lining up. And then I go sometimes to the other, the other um, versions of how the word is written just so I could get better clarity before I go to my study Bibles. So I might read something in the message, especially if it gives it in plain English, which usually the message will give it in plain English. But this one, I read the New King James Version, and I also went back to the King James Version. So, like I said, our verses today are from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 to 16. Then the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs in Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. Now we're talking about Elijah, the prophet. And when he came to the gates of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. 
And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little jar, a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. And blessed is the reading of the word of the Lord. So now I know there was a lot to take in, but to just give a little backstory to where we are here in this story. This story is the story of Elijah, how he went up against Ahab and the prophets of Baal and how he said it wasn't going to rain and then God held back the rain. Okay, so we're in the part of the story where God is holding back the rain that Elijah told them was going to happen. So the Lord told Elijah, right? So if we listen, let's just go back to this part because I'm jumping ahead of myself, getting excited. So this widow had nothing, right? And she was gathering sticks to make a cake for her and her son, this is what she says, so that they could have their last supper, so to speak, because she was just going to make it, they were going to eat it, and they were going to die. So that would say that was their last supper, right? But if we see what Elijah was told before he set out to go see the widow, the Lord spoke to him and told him where to go. Then the Lord told him that he had commanded a widow there to provide for him. My question was, when I read this again, because I've read it and then I've always heard people, you know, people talk on it, sermons on it. And I'll, I'll, let me just finish what I'm saying. And I'll show you when I read it again. I was like, wait a minute. So here it is. If God told the, pro- this was my question. If God told the prophet to go to Zarephath because there was somebody there that he had commanded to take care of him, he told the prophet that he had told the widow to provide for him. My question then was, why did she act like she didn't know that somebody would be coming? So why was it that she was surprised that he would be looking for her to give him something? 
Because obviously she knew God because of the way she responded to him. Or let's just put it this way. She knew of God. Okay. She knew of God because of the way she responded to him saying, as your, as the Lord, your God lives. Right. That's what she said to him. But didn't God tell the prophet that he had commanded a widow to take care of him? So if he commanded a widow to to take care of him, you could draw assumptions that he knew who he was talking to when he talked to the widow. God knew who he was talking to. But my question here is, did she not believe what God had placed in her spirit? Or was she so deep in her sorrow that she couldn't hear when God had spoken to her? So now I want to put this to you. When we get caught up in our lives, and I'm bringing it back to every day now. When we get caught up in our lives and what's immediately happening around us, the car is not working, the job is making you work longer hours than you like, food prices are rising every time you go to the grocery store. We can forget what the Lord has spoken to us. So here she was gathering sticks to make her last cake. Because she only said she had enough flour and oil to make a cake for her and her son, and they were going to eat it and die. That's like you look in your wallet. It's my last $20. And I have to put this gas in the car so that I can try to get to work tomorrow. Or it's your last $20 and I got to go to the grocery store and try to buy something so these kids could eat tonight. How many of us see our present circumstances so overwhelming that when someone speaks to us concerning anything remotely sounding like God, we immediately remove ourselves from the conversation? Because her response to his was, her response to the prophet was, As the Lord, your God lives. And she quickly pushes, she pushes God on the prophet. She says, your God. Not like, yeah, as as the Lord. She could have easily said, as the Lord God speaks. She said, as the Lord, your God speaks. So it was like removing herself from, I don't have nothing to do with God. Let me ask you, what are you looking for from God that will not come from a man? Meaning, you think that a person will be able to give you what it is that you need. And yes, God does use people to be blessings in your life. But you are seeking and trying to figure out how this blessing is going to come about and how you're going to just do what you need to do to survive. So you look at it and say, oh, I just saw so-and-so and blah, 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 blah. And, oh, I'm thinking if I do this, blah, 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 blah. But God said that he was going to supply your needs. So, in other words, stop looking for it from somewhere else. Look for it from God. And in this year, let me just say to you, in this year, God is looking to see how much He can trust you or how much you will trust in him with what he commands you to do. 
Let me say that again. This year, God is looking to see how much he can trust you with what he's commanded you to do. And that goes right back to the word of alignment, being in position of agreement. So you have to be in position of agreement with God in order for everything to work out according to his will, right? So are you agreeing with what God has said to you? And let me tell you, when the widow aligned with the spoken word from the prophet, when he told her, make me a cake first, then make one for you and your son. But out of the cake that you make, make one for me first. It was her obedience that kept the flour flowing and the oil in the jar. Because the word says the prophet, she and her son all ate for many days. So what will your obedience keep flowing for you in your life? And if you move out of your own way, and listen to the word that God has given you and follow it, what doors will then be opened up? What is it that you're looking for that if you just follow the simple act of obedience of what he said to you, a very simple, it could be very simple command. Her simple command was from the prophet, make me a cake first. She was making a cake anyway. See, that's the whole thing. When God comes to talk to you to tell you to follow something, it's something you're doing already anyway. She was about to go home and make that last cake for her and her son. All the prophet told her was make me a small one out of it first. Same flour, same oil, same cake being made. Not like he said, make me a a chicken or something, something she didn't have. And then you're like, where am I getting this chicken from to prepare? It was the same flour and oil. So what is it that God is telling you to be obedient in, in something that you already have in order to keep it flowing for you? That's my question to you. That's my question to you. And if you think about it, I'm sure, like we said in the previous shows, I'm sure if you, if you think about it, what God, what I was telling you, what God was saying is, yes, this is going to, this is a new year and he's going to show himself miraculous in your life, but he's going to do it through things that he told you to follow from before. He's going to do it in things that he's already told you to do that you haven't started or you might have started and put to the side or decided that's not what I want to do yet. Let me do this first. No, it's all, it's all about order all about following what he told you to do. You can't move to step B if you haven't done A. It's the obedience. It's the obedience that he's looking for. It's the obedience that will keep the blessings flowing in your life. But can I tell you something? I know I'm always telling you something, right? There's a caveat. There's a caveat to this. Know that your blessings will be accompanied by opposition. Right? 
your blessings is going to be accompanied by opposition. Like when he first told her to go make me a cake or bring me some bread, he didn't say make me a cake. He said, bring me some bread. The first thing out of her mouth was, I, I don't have any bread. No, you don't have any bread right now because you were going home to make it. Right? So she did have, she did have, air quotes, she did have bread. But in her mind, she was thinking loaves of bread just sitting around. Oh, I have extra. Let me give him a piece. She wasn't thinking, oh, yeah, I am going to make this last cake. So I, I do have bread. Right? Think about what God has given you in your visions, in your dreams, in your thoughts, in conversations that you've had with him. And I don't know how far these conversations go back. I don't know how long he's been talking to you about a particular subject or situation. But if you just think back, what has he said to you that you haven't been obedient in? or only given partial obedience to that might have stopped your flow. And with that, we're going to take a music break and we're going to come back and we're going to finish this conversation. You're listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. Gave up in the middle of the night Almost quit in the middle of the flight Trying to find a way through the storms of life But you said, trust me I've got this I really don't know where this road's gonna lead Feeling all alone brings me down to my knees Battling a storm trying to find a little peace But I feel your presence And you tell me It's not the end of your story I'm gonna get the glory All you gotta do is just stand in my shadow destiny if you just trust in my plans and let me be who I am it's not the end of my story all I gotta do is just stand in his shadow he will provide every need 
not perfect, but I'm worth it, and I'm working to gain your trust. I know on the surface, everything look cool and perfect, but no, I'm hurting on the verge of breaking down. I really want my light to shine, but I'm tired of fighting. I ain't lying. I can't do this without you. Feeling like I'm about to lose it It's hard but I'm going through it I can't take it anymore I got a devil on my shoulder Angel on the other I'm caught in the middle It's me they fighting over Sick and tired of inches Trying to move but I keep flinching I love me, I can't do this no more I got a devil on my shoulder Angel on the other I'm caught in the middle You're coming out of this stronger, you're coming out of this wiser, you're coming out of this better. Don't allow bitterness to overtake your heart. Treat that last relationship like a lesson and grow from it. Devil on one shoulder, angel on the other. I'm caught in the middle, it's me they fighting over. Sick and tired of inches. I'm trying to move, but I'm glitching. Can't do this no more. I'm burning bridges. Oh, yes, I'm 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. So I know I left y'all with something to ponder. And normally we would go into op-ed, but I want to finish this. This is more important that I get this out so that you understand what God is looking for from you in this year. So when we left off, I was saying to you that God is looking to see how much you're going to follow the commands that he's given you, right? And that when she listened to what the prophet told her about making him a cake first, it was her obedience that kept the flour flowing and the oil in the jar flowing. Because it says, if you read 1 Kings 17, and we started with verse 8, it tells you when you go down in the story that they ate for many days. So it was her obedience that kept everything still in abundance in the house. So my question to you was, what will your obedience keep flowing for you in your life, in your house? What do you need to be obedient to God with to keep the flow going in your home? And then I told you that there was a caveat to that. That, of course, you know, all blessings are going to come with opposition. Because, you know, they always say, when you go to different levels, you get different devils, right? There's going to be different things that's going to attack you. Because just in general, when you just think about it in general, the enemy doesn't want you to have anything. He doesn't want you to have anything. Nothing that the Lord wants to give you does he want you to have. And I guess if I were him, I might be a little bitter also, knowing that I got kicked out of paradise and now have nothing and have to fend for myself. If you came from your parents' home where you could have anything that you could even possibly think of, and because of your snarky, nasty attitude gets you kicked out and you could never go back, Anybody else that you see that just comes along that you feel is not even in the family, of course, you're going to be like, I don't want them to have it because that should be mine. So that's the way the enemy feels. Why would he want us to have anything? And then to know that God created us and we're the best thing since sliced bread, we're the apple of his eye. Oh, my gosh. Yes, he's a little annoyed that God pays so much attention to us. So. We know that because he's annoyed, because he could never have what he used to have or be who he used to be, he roams around looking for those who he can seek to kill and destroy. And we hear that from John 10.10. It tells us what he does, right? So when we keep reading the story, when we keep reading the story of First Kings 17 with Elijah and this widow woman. We see that the prophet stayed with her for a while. But in him staying with her for a while. Her son passes away. So now here it is. You could have the blessing, the blessing that God brought to you because it was the word of the Lord that 
came through Elijah that she was obedient to that kept everything flowing in her home. Right? So the blessing was there with her. The word of the Lord was there. Everybody was eating merrily, right? But then her son passes away. And she quickly blamed the prophet for what happened. Now, how many of us are basking in God's blessing? You know, we asked for something. He gave it to us. We're happy. We're just living our best life. God blessed me. Hallelujah. I'm so happy. And then something happens and we quickly forget. We quickly forget what God has said and done for us. So now we're in 1 Kings 17, 18. So she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? What is she talking about? Why would she automatically think that? Why would she automatically think? Now, here she was when he came and he told her and everything kept flowing. She was happy because, and what makes me assume that she was happy? Because if she wasn't happy, she wouldn't have let him stay there all that time. Right? But see, she's still look. She's still looking at it as the man bringing her what her blessing was. Yes, he spoke the word of the Lord that God came through him with the word, but she's still looking at it being the man that, oh, look what you did. So she was looking at him as, oh, look what he did, instead of the whole thing being her eyes on God. So she says to him, what do I have to do with you, old man of God? Have you come to bring my sin to remembrance? So when I read that sentence, it made me think, what sin is she talking about? What sin is she talking about that she thinks she's now reaping the repercussions of it because this man that brought the blessing with him is now in her home? What sin is she talking about? Because she never says what the sin is. She just asked him, have you come to bring my sin to remembrance? So she knows what she did. We don't know what she did. But she's thinking back, what is it that I did that might have caused this? Because now I have this man of God who brought this blessing to me. My flower's still flowing. So when I, I, I have a question, like how many of us look at circumstances in our life as being God's fault? When something happens, you know, like when something happens after everything appears to be going well, when something happens, we're like, why would God allow this to happen? You know, what, what, what did I do now that that's making God do this to me? You know, that's the questions we ask sometimes. And that's why it's so important. Important to surround yourself with God-fearing people, right? People who can hear God when he speaks. 
and people who know his voice. As Jesus said in John 12, 10, 27, John 10, 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You need people around you that when you don't have the faith to believe for yourself, that they will step in and go to God for you. Now, I say that because when we first meet the widow, she was gathering sticks. And she was just going to make that one little cake for her and her son and die. Okay, so you were always, you were already thinking about dying, right? So the, the, the thought of death was already in the back of your mind because you thought you were going to make your last cake and die. So then the prophet comes, tells her what to do. She's obedient. The flower's flowing. Everybody's happy. Everybody's living. How quickly she forgets. How quickly she forgets that the man that's in her midst heard from God. See, she when, when Elijah told her what to do, and even though he said, thus saith the Lord. See, here we go again with the woman not listening to who was really speaking to her because she didn't listen to God when he, as I'm taking it as God spoke to her because he told the prophet that he had already commanded. So if God commands something, that means he spoke to her and said, take care of the prophet. So here it was, she wasn't speaking the first, she wasn't listening the first time. And now here we go again, even after Elijah told her, thus saith the Lord, and he told her what he told her. Here she is again, not listening that, oh, God must be in this someplace because he keeps telling me stuff. So when her son dies, she doesn't quickly say, oh, let me go to God and find. No, she automatically blames Elijah. Oh, you brought this on me. You're bringing back all the sins that I did from before. You're punishing me. She quickly reverts back to self and what is happening around her. It's important to have people who know God, who when you can't, Remember that you know God or when you can't remember what God has done for you in your life, they can stand in the gap for you. And they can be an intercessor in your circumstances. Because the story tells us, if you finish reading, the prophet took the boy and prayed over his body three times. And when God heard his voice, he brought the boy back to life. Now I'm paraphrasing this. When you think of it, when you think of it, and I could read you the exact words of what was said. I'll read you his exact words, what he said to God. He said to to the Lord when he took the boy's body, and I'm going back to 1 Kings 17, and we're going to, we're going to start from, 19, because she, we, we already read 18, where she says, what have I to do with you, O God, O this man of God? So in 19, he said to her, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on, the, on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son. 
And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, now by this, I know you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord is in your, that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. Okay, let, let, let's just go back. First, let me just say to you, Elijah, after this boy dies, and of course you have to remember, if you read the story ahead, everything that he's still dealing with, okay, and know that when I say have people around you that know God and can stand in intercess, you know, as an intercessor for you when your faith is not fully thinking of God or knowing that God has your best interest at heart, even though he's told you several times he'll never leave you or forsake you, even though he came to you in your time of need when you thought you were going to die because you were at your wit's end and you had nothing and he sent someone to tell you, no, I have something for you. And then you continue to live, you'll continue to bless when you still, after all that, forget who God is to you. Have somebody that's there that knows how to tap into the Lord for you, right? Surround yourself with those people that know how to get to him. But in surrounding yourself with those people that know how to get to him, also know, because see, if we look at Elijah and you read the story ahead in First Kings to know the whole story of what he's doing, this is just a small part. He's just passing through this widow's place. He still has more to do in his journey, right? She was just a small part of his journey. He still had other work to do. He was just coming from doing a work when he went and was battling with the prophets of Baal and talking and told him, you know, my God is better. You're not going to get any rain. He had just went through something. So he knew who God was. But even with him dealing with everything that's going on, he's still even questioned. Oh, Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the woman with whom I lodge by killing her son? Like, come on. I was just up there battling with the prophets and I told them no rain. So now there's drought everywhere in the land. And now I come here. You tell me to come here. Everything's going fine. And now you take the son. But even though he asked that question, he still knew what to do in order to bring the boy back. And see, that's what you need. And that's what you have to be so careful with, with the people that God sent to be around you. You have to make sure that you have the right people. Because what if he was wishy-washy just like the widow? Right? What if he was wishy-washy just like the widow? Like when he had ran to the cave after he did what he did. What if he was, had stayed in that wishy-washy state? And when I say ran to the cave, read the story and you'll know what I'm talking about with him. You have to know that they're the right people that God has sent to be around you. Because they might 
have a work of their own that they're doing. And at that point, who knows what's plaguing in their mind? But if they're strong enough in the Lord, they can too, even though they're doubting in the beginning, they can still go back and be like, okay, look, this is what we're going to do. So he stretched the boy out three times. He stretched the boy out and he laid on him three times and he cried to the Lord. And then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. But the Lord heard his voice after he had cried out to him three times. So that's another lesson right there to know, too. Sometimes when you're going to God or when you have people going to God on your behalf, you just can't just go there with a wishy-washy prayer and be like, oh, God, you took my son, give him back. No, you have to go to him earnestly. Make sure he hears what you are saying. And now let me correct this because I don't want some people to think that God doesn't hear you. He hears you the first time you say it. He hears you before you even say it because he knows you're going to come to him and say it. But he still wants to see how much in your obedience, as he has said, bring me all everything that you have. Bring it to me. and I'll handle it. I'm with you. How much are you trusting in him to know that he's your source of everything? Right? So after he prays over the boy and the boy comes back to life, and Elijah takes the boy back downstairs to his mother, and he says, see, your son lives. Because I'm sure he was probably, when he says that, in my mind, I'm like, he's annoyed. because, And I'm saying he's annoyed because Elijah has his own stuff going on. He has his own stuff that he's thinking about and what he still has to do on his journey. Although the story is not telling us all that, it's just human nature. If you have stuff going on, yes, and you, even though you're with somebody and helping them and, and trying to be there for them and following what God is telling you to do, you still have your own stuff going on that you yourself have to deal with. So I'm saying that for those who are standing in the gap for others, and those who are looking for those people to stand in the gap for them know that they have things going on too. Right? So when he gives the boy back to his mother, the woman says to Elijah, now by this, I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. Uh, now, you know, this is like the third time God is trying to show you Hello, I am who I am. Now she knows because she got her son back. You didn't know when God first told you that you were going to have a prophet coming to take care of him. You didn't know that when the prophet said, thus saith the Lord, if you give me this first, you will your the flow will keep going. You didn't know that then. You didn't know how when you were staying all those days in that home, you still have food. You didn't know that. You didn't know that. God spoke through this prophet. You still just kept looking in what was in front of you. And that's what we have to remember. Stop looking at what's in front of us. Remember, okay, here we go back again to the remembrance. Remember what he told you. Remember what he's done for you. Remember what he said to you. Remember how he showed himself to be true in your life. So it takes something this drastic to get your attention. Don't let it take something so drastic, right? Don't let it take something so drastic in your life for you to know 
that God is real and that he's there with you and that he's always been there with you and that he is blessing you and that if you continue to follow in his obedience, yes, you're going to come up against opposition, but don't ever think that he's not there. Don't ever think he doesn't have a word for you. So, in all of this, in all of this with this story, to me, when I read it again, and I was like, wow, all that was going on. And I never really looked at it that way. But all this was going on in that whole staying at this widow's house. The most important thing for us to remember is that word alignment that he gave us for the month. Ask the Lord to show you what it is that you have to do. Like with Elijah, he cried out to the Lord, even after he said, oh my gosh, I can't believe you took a son. But he knew he had to go to God and he cried out to him, oh, bring this boy back. But you have to keep, you have to keep, you have to keep still staying in obedience, still staying in obedience. Because he was also, but I believe in this, he was also teaching Elijah. You got to, you got to do, you got to do what I have you to do. You got to do what I have you to do. And if I say, if you read the story of Elijah, you will understand what I'm talking about. And when you ask the Lord to show you how to do that, when you ask him to show you what must be done, do it in obedience. Be obedient with what he's commanded you to do. Be obedient and follow what he's told you to do so that you don't miss the flow that he set up for you. Knowing that you're going to have some obstacles that's going to come in your way, but that you don't miss the flow nonetheless. And with that, I see that my time is growing short. We know our word for the month is alignment, and that's keeping, that means, you know, keeping in order with everything that he has us to do, being in allegiance with him, following what he's telling you to do, right? And I promise, I think I promise we're going to take from, we're going to take it from 1 Kings 17 and we're going to go to 24. I want you to remember this. And the widow said to Elijah, now by this, I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. And with that, I say, have a blessed Sunday. Continue to protect yourself because, you know, there are things still out there, COVID, flu, everything going on. Be safe. Oh, ah, I do have one announcement. Um, I think today starts Luna, Luna New Year. I believe today is the beginning of Luna New Year. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of different things going on in Chinatown and celebrations and things of that nature. So if you're celebrating Luna New Year, Happy New Year to you. All of those who just want to be part of the festivities, go out, find something to do. It, the weather's going to get a little tricky today here in the Northeast. And I'm sure, I think the Southeast too, I think they're getting heavy rain. But either way, enjoy yourself, be safe, have fun. And until God brings us 
together again next week. Peace. I find it's always the lie that is loudest. I know the one with the power. It's never the one who is shouting, shouting. I lean in. I know that I need to listen. Through all of the thunder you whisper. Even in doubt you are with me, with me. Like a love song that I've always known. Your word hits me deep inside my soul. When you speak... Not the god of confusion. Why do I feel like I'm losing my mind every time? I can't see what you're doing. Like a love song that I've always known. Your word hits me deep inside my soul. When you speak. Healing me, healing me It's the Father whispering Mercy over